All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is post-recording, post-editing, uh, well, I don't know, uh, whatever, editing, pre-editing, I don't know. Um, Cody, I've already read the chapter, and I'm listening through it. That's what I'm trying to say. And... Um, I'm realizing right now that there is some type of, um, <laughs> like zappy, zappy sound. And that is something that you heard if you go back and listen to the prologue, uh, the actual one, the, the one where I have with chapter one in it, prologue with chapter one, you'll hear that a lot with the prologue has to do with like some type of Wi-Fi signal um, interfering with the um, recording. But I do not have the time to actually re-record the chapter. Maybe someday I will. But if that bothers you, I do apologize. Uh, just turn down your volume just a little bit because it will be a little bit louder than my voice. Um, so just a fair warning there. You may even be hearing it right now because I'm not sure what is doing it. Could be my phone, could be my mouse, but I don't know. Either way, um, uh, enjoy the chapter. So, yes, I will release you to Cody from an hour ago when he was starting the recording of this. So, toodles. Ambisham stood on the balcony of her room, closing her eyes, as the chilly, bree gentle breeze blew strands of hair away from her face. The balcony was perfect to overlook the city below. The sky twinkled billions of stars above the city, which imitated its natural beauty in its own way. Some window sills were lit by candles, others were dark and empty. Without disturbing so much as a candle on the wall, a large figure appeared behind her, silent as the night itself. Abisham snapped out of her thoughts. Please don't just appear on my balcony. You have no right to be in my quarters, no matter what privileges my father has given you. Bree, please just listen to me. I didn't... You need to leave. Abisham turned around, catching a glimpse of Jack suited up as an, in his armor. The warlord had made it for him. Brown leather armor covered his body. The burned parts of his arm and face were exposed purposefully as a design feature, leaving the other side of his, fa of, uh, of his face covered with that of a terrifying creature. His eyes glowed faintly red and what was left of his hair had been shaved. She quickly turned away. Being this close to him, she could feel several intense emotions. Anger, resentment, fear, sadness, shame, embarrassment, emptiness, all balled up into one bitter feeling of pain. Sadness and embarrassment bubbled to the surface. He reached out his hand to grab her shoulder, stopping just inches, short, and closing his eyes. Slowly, 
He balled his hand into a fist and brought it back to his side. She felt a small gust of wind as he had disappeared, leaving her alone in the darkness. Tears welled in her eyes as, she, as he left, and for the first time she, since she can remember, she felt cold. How did things end up like this so quickly? Get up, boy. We're not leaving until you make progress, Bill shouted. The stars and the moon shined, a dim bluish light on the grass around Sam, who laid flat on his back, several ribs cracked and settled back into place, as he caught his breath. Vapor-like smoke escaped his mouth with every huff. <laughs> One would think that he had been... One would think that he would have been bundled, bundled up in a winter coat and pants at the very least. However, due to preference, he was sporting shorts and a t-shirt that was now bunched up to his chest from sliding on the ground. <coughs> Dead center of a dip in the ground that spanned half a mile in any direction. Laid possibly... Oh, I see. Dead center in a dip in the ground that spanned half a mile in any direction laid possibly one of the most unconcerned young men to ever grace the earth with his presence. If the unnaturally large trees surrounding him on all, all sides had the intelligence enough to applaud him, they would have. And yet, they swayed in the distance as if to remind him that they were still there. Torches were lit all around the clearing. Sam sucked in a deep breath and cupped his hands over his mouth like a megaphone. Can we switch to something else? We're getting nowhere. I don't know how to do it. Sam shouted. Bill walked towards Sam, who sat up. Don't know how to do what? Bill asked. What do you mean, how to do what? Sam pointed a finger across the clearing, where the near seven-foot-tall, yellow-painted robot stood idly, awaiting instruction. How do you even beat a super-speed robot with just a stun band? Doug grabbed Sam by the collar and dragged him to his feet, brushing him off. Then he turned and walked away. I'm not your mother, Sam. Figure it out. Bill shrugged and snapped his finger. Robot, double intensity, double speed. Sam looked like a deer in headlights. Wait, what? Before he could even say another word, the robot appeared in front of him, barely registering in Sam's vision before he received a kick in the stomach. Now doubled over, Sam was grabbed by his neck and tossed into the hill where he was grabbed. Again, before he even made contact with the ground. The robot ran for half a second and slammed his face into a tree at the edge of the clearing, where he ripped him out. There was a Sam-sized hole in the bark. Sam tried to grab his arm, but the robot responded by slamming his face back into the tree, leaving him even deeper than before. A succession of punches accompanied the cracking of his bones, made the following three and a half seconds horribly painful. 
The robot laid into him like he was a punching bag. Effectively, he was. His face now stuck too deep into the hole for him to pull himself out, and his arms giving out from the successive punches to the ribs. He just hung there and took it. After he went limp, the robot grabbed his neck, prying him from the tree to inspect him. His face, which looked like a messy pancake, immediately cracked into place. Sam donned a bored-looking expression and spat blood in the robot's face. That's about all he could do with the bones of his entire upper body, now nothing more than a bowl of chunky pudding in his skin. The, the robot tossed him back to the clearing. Sorry about that. I forgot to close the door. Back into the clearing. He skidded to a halt face down, right in front of Bill, who was sitting peacefully in a lawn chair, reading a book. The robot zipped their location. Standing over Bill, he flipped him over and pinned his neck to the ground as he wound up to punch his face. Robot, Bill said. That'll be enough. Sam coughed up blood when his neck cracked into place. And black and blue. A black and blue hand-sized bruise forming and disappearing on his neck in less than a second. He leaned up, coughed, spitting chunks of blood on the ground, and then flopped back in onto his back. Well, that, well, that was embarrassing, Bills continued. That robot just ate you for dinner. Coughing some more, Sam turned his head and gave Bill an annoyed look. You really think so? I thought I did great. Nothing brings me more joy and satisfaction than having pieces of my spine come out of my mouth like yesterday's regurgitated dinner. Any other observations, Mother? Bill looked puzzled. What did we have for dinner yesterday? Steak and rice. Literally the only thing we have in the whole kitchen apart from your candy stash. Bill's eyes went wide. How did you know about my candy stash? He said, rising quickly to his feet. I sleep two hours max. You think I'm just going to lie in bed thinking about how fortunate I am to have a trainer who eats his own hangnails? It's recycling. Back on track. What went wrong in the fight? Sam sat up and crossed his legs. You mean other than the fact that he smashed my face in again, broke me everywhere I can feel, and used me as a makeshift American flag while he rushed around like a madman? Other than that, you mean? Bill sat back down and opened his book again, flipping through the pages until he found his spot. Allow me to be more specific, then. When, thing, when did things go to absolute crap in that fight? As soon as you said go. Think, Sam. He closed the book again and made eye contact. When did they go wrong? Sam closed his eyes for a moment, taking a deep breath. When he grabbed me, Bill exhaled and re raised his arms. 
So there's hope for you yet, Bill said. When he grabs your arms, when he grabs you, what happens? He takes me for a ride. A painful one. Sam sat up, his back cracking a dozen times on the way up. Do you have any control whatsoever while you, while he has a hold on you? No, Sam said grabbing a handful of grass and throwing each blight individually to the side. Just a puppet in his hands to do with as he wanted. That's how most dashers see the world. Too slow to fight back or to do anything about their despicable behavior. Their arrogance stems from their ability to see the world from a faster point of view. They think they're above it all. Sam raised his face. Sam raised his hand to his face, inspecting the final blade of grass before blowing it away. Tell me, Sam, what kind of occupations do you see dashers in? Hard to say. They're everywhere. Convenience stores, warehouses, fast food restaurants. Same as brutes. Sam shrugged, grabbing another handful of grass. How many CEOs of companies? do you know of, that have the talent of super speed or a splice of the kind? Sam dropped the grass, cocking his head and shifting his position. Well, I, well, I actually can't think of any. It's because the school systems are not designed for students who can think that fast. Schools have no idea what to do with dasher children. They're wild, impulsive, arrogant, and they're troublemakers. I've noticed years ago that they were highly gifted in abstract thought. Another factor that American school systems haven't the first clue how to handle. Seeing as they were designed by the neurotypical individuals in charge. Half halfway into high school, if they make it that long... They're either booted from school entirely, or they leave. And how far would you be able to go if your whole life you were told you couldn't make it? You would never amount to anything simply because of something you were born with. Tell me about it, Sam said. That's the thing, Sam. Just like your talent, these kids have nearly limitless potential for greatness. Should they learn to focus their talent into productive means, they would run the world. But they've been convinced a dead-end job is all they're capable of. So convinced of it, in fact, that they convince each other. They gather together and complain, affirming each other's pitiful lives and how the system won't let them escape the slums. It's one thing for a teacher to be non-verbally telling you you're worthless. It's another when mom and dad say it too. I guess I've never thought about it like that. Sam looked down, grabbing another handful of grass. 
the most dangerous and effective force in our system is a man or woman with super speed that understands exactly what they're capable of, completely disregarding the wishes and desires of the system. That person will have more money, confidence, and influence than anyone else I've met. So, I should walk up to a dasher and tell them that their mommies were wrong and that they should go chase their dreams. Is that what I was missing with the robot? An inspirational speech? Bill shook his head. Just when I thought you were starting to understand. He grabbed the book and flipped to the page he was last on. Get up, Sam. You rested far too long. He closed the book once more and sat up straight. Sam, look at me. What? Sam said, looking at Bill directly in the eyes. You're taking too conventional a route for your problem solving. Don't attack the problem head on. You've got an unconventional talent. Now use it. The only thing more dangerous than a fully manifested and empowered Dasher is a fully manifested and empowered Sam. Don't solve this like Jack would. Solve it like Sam would. Sam's eyes went wide. He nodded. Right, Sam said, walking to the center of the clearing. Dropping his fist down hard, the metallic gloves covered his hands in half a second with a high-pitched buzzing sound. Bright blue electricity danced between his fingertips. I'm ready. Bill smiled, looking resolute. Robot, full speed, full strength. Mercy equals null, execute. As soon as the words left Bill's mouth, Sam grabbed his forearms, shooting electricity through his entire body causing him to convulse as a yellow metal, metal hand grabbed his neck at supersonic speed. A pop and high-pitched tone sounded right beside Sam as the robot shorted out and went limp, releasing Sam's neck. A smile broke on Sam's face as he wound up charging the concussive blast. A, bearless, a barely noticeable siren, siren rose in tone as the gloves charged up. Sam put everything he had into the punch, causing a shockwave on impact that released in both the direction of the punch and his arm. Instantly, his bones shattered from his fingertips to his shoulder, and his useless arm whipped back from the force. The robot went flying into the hill behind, sk skipping on the ground and making impact with a tree sliding down to it on its side, seemingly lifeless. Sam's smile grew as he walked toward the robot. The walk became a jog, and the jog became a full-out sprint. The robot's purple eyes flashed on as Sam leapt into the air, ready to punch him into the next dimension. His arm healed just in time for the shockwave to destroy it again, as he landed on another punch this time to the robot's face, which buried itself into the tree. The robot's arms began whipping around the tree, wrapping around the tree, and Sam shocked them with an electric jab to the side, 
A bright blue stream of electricity instantly shorted the robot's, robot's circuits once more. Sam began wailing on the robot's torso, one after the other, the stunned gloves making a metallic clank on the metal as he gave it everything he had. Despite not leaving a dent, he punched its torso ten times, twenty times, thirty times. Sweat dripped from Sam's brow. Yet he just did not run out of energy. Purple light escaped from the splintered tree, and the robot swiveled his entire body around faster than a helicopter, reflecting the next three punches. Sam charged up in electricity with its gloves, but the robot grabbed its wrists, his wrists, jumping up and wrapping its angles, ankles around Sam's head in a smooth motion. All at once, it whipped its hands to the side, dropping his hands down to the ground and dragging Sam down with it. In an acrobatic cheap shot, the robot did the cleanest backflip a robot may ever do, all the while launching Sam through the tree the robot itself was just lodged into. Sam flew into the dirt, where he slid for a moment before being grabbed by the hair and launched through the tree that was left. Before being grabbed by the hair and launched through what was left of the same tree, like a pitcher on a major league baseball game, he hit the ground fast. Fast enough for a speeding ticket. <laughs> he hit the ground fast enough for a speeding ticket, but his momentum sent him back into the air, only to be kicked straight down by a roundhouse kick so unnecessarily strong that Sam's descendants would be feeling that for a millennia. He plunged, he plunged into the ground like a fence pole and everything went dark. Sometime later, Sam woke up, opening his eyes slowly, yawning. How's it going, kid? said a familiar voice. Fire crackled behind, beside Sam as he took in his surroundings. Night critters sang their song, accompanied by owls and the occasional bullfrog. The choir was magnificent. Sitting up, he climbed up on one of the many logs arranged in a circle around the fire. Finally recognizing the speaker, his eyes went wide, and he cracked a big smile. Nick! Sam said, feeling relieved. Bill was there, too, sitting by the robot. What are you doing out here? Bill looked around. In the uh, woods. There was nothing but massive trees all around. He couldn't see ten feet in any direction without another tree blocking his view. Not even the night sky could be seen as the leaves toward the top were far too thick. This must have been the perfect for hiding out. No wonder Bill stayed hidden for so long. Brought some grub. You look starved. Nick tossed Sam a to-go bag, similar to the one Bill had. Bill's hand moved quickly between his to-go bag and his mouth, shoveling a handful of fries with every scoop. The robot, for some reason, watched him do this, purple eyelights blinking periodically. Boy, are you right, Sam said with a smile. Following Bill's example, he crammed as much food in his mouth as possible. Now, the robot watched him eat. How's your training? Making headway? Nick asked. 
Sam breathed out his nose with a full mouth. He nodded to Bill, who had just swallowed his last fry without chewing it. He's doing just fine. Right on schedule. We're working on levels 10 through 20. Simulating the basics. Strength, speed, elementals. With varying levels of skill. I can see a breakthrough in our near future. It'll have to do. You can take level 10? Nick asked. Sam had just stuffed in his mouth again when Nick asked the question. He raised his arms and shook his head. Sorry, I asked you at the wrong time again. He turned to Oh, that was weeks ago. Level 10 is child's play to this boy. It's part of his normal routine. It's part of his morning routine. Nick nodded. Then we can pick this up later. We gotta bounce. What? Sam said with a full mouth and raised eyebrows. He swallowed. But I'm not done. I haven't even mastered level 20 yet. I can barely take level 12 dasher. That's fine. Like I said, that'll do. We got word that the big man himself popped up. The new guy in the market. Booked himself at a nice hotel in L.A. That's where we're going. Sam's eyes lit up. Really? We've... We found the guy? That's what I've been told. Don't get your hopes up, though. Intel's been phony before. Sam was almost bouncing on the log with excitement. Well, let's go get this guy. Sam screamed. If we can get him to talk, he can be our golden ticket to finding Jack. Right, Nick said. And that's why we're taking Bill with us. Bill perked up. Are you sure that's a good idea, Nick? I mean, I am a wanted man. Nick shook his head. Don't worry about it. I got you. You just worry about making that guy talk. That will not be a problem. Bill smiled and looked into the fire. But there's one thing I would request. Bill stuck his index finger in the air. Here we go. Nick said, rolling his eyes. I get to bring the robot. Bill said, making the robot lock its purple eyes on him. It's been too long since this old boy's been seen any action. Sam cleared his throat and shook his head. Hello, Sam said. Any legitimate action? Bill added. Nick smiled and nodded his head. You know, you know what? That might not be a bad idea. We never did get around to using that one program we made. Nick's smile grew wide, grew as he spoke. Ah, uh, yes, I remember it fondly. Bill smirked in the eye and, the, and eyed the robot. What are you guys talking about? Sam was ignored. Do you think we should do you think we should wait until we get there? Bill asked. Nick raised his hands. Ah, let's fire it up. Now I'm excited. You got me thinking about it. Nick said. Do you remember the command code? Bill asked. The bot perked up at this question. Seriously, what are you guys talking about? Sam said. Nick held his hand up. Hang on, kid, I'm thinking. 
After a moment, he snapped his finger. Okay, it was something like, uh, change, uh, system, operating, something. He snapped again. Oh, I remember. He turned to the robot and spoke. Uh, system override. Uh, operating system reboot. Full command uh, beta. Execute. He raised his hands, looking between Bill and Sam for a silent, anticipatory moment. Nothing happened. He shook his head. Why isn't this dang thing working? Perhaps if I try, Bill interjected. Robot? The bot stood from the log, staring at Bill. System override. Operating system reboot. Full command. Charlie, execute. Wait a sec, Charlie, Nick said. I thought it was Beta. We only got through two. The robot came alive, switching postures and sitting down on the log between Sam and the two men. Well, took you long enough, Gaza. The robot said in an accent. It was somewhere between Australian and British, but it didn't seem to land on either one. Took you right twenty years, it did, I think. The robot crossed its legs, tapping a foot on the ground. Immediately, it uncrossed its legs and held its hands up to the fire. After a moment, it looked at its hands. Hang on, what am I doing? I can't feel this. Nick's eyes went wide, and his mouth gaped open. He turned to Bill, who looked sheepishly in every direction except for Nick's. What did you do to my program? Nick looked back and forth between Bill and the bot. I just, you know, added a bit of personality to it. To make things more interesting. Nick opened his mouth to speak, but Bill continued. Remember back when you we made this program, I assumed he would be my partner, while Mikey was yours. That was, you know, before he mentioned to his bald spot. He gestured to his bald spot, where the nasty scar remained. What? the robot said. You don't like me. What is it? My personality? My voice? I can change both, you know. See how you like this. Maybe more your speed. The robot shifted postures again, bending its legs, making little finger guns with his hands. Howdy, partner. Let's go and wrestle the horses till we run out of chaw. He straightened up again. That better for you. What are you liking? He held his hands out, looking from Nick to Bill, who both looked shocked. Bill stumbled on his words. I, I, I programmed the computer to learn new social cues and constructs as it adapted its personality. It, it must have learned from the movies we watched. Okay, pause. Nick held up a finger. Did you just say movies we watched? Like you've been sitting in a dark room watching rom-coms with this thing? Nick stood to his feet, 
running his hands through his hair, knocking his fedora off his head. He walked to a log opposite where they were sitting. He turned around. Did you get many many petties with it too? You guys go dress shopping? What is this? What is any of this? It's, well, it's actually quite good company all alone in the mansion. You see, always listens, never speaks. I would just set it down while I watched. Nothing odd about that. Bill gave a nervous laugh. Sam had no idea what to say. Probably best to say nothing. That's right, Gabna. The robot said, again in the Australian accent. I always listen. Always have. How else would I know when to wake up when you say to me, Robot, do this. Robot, do that. Robot, kick this kid in the liver till it explodes and grows back. Hey! He looked at Sam. That rhymed. Nick walked over and grabbed Bill by the shoulders. Fix this. Bill nodded. Um, uh, robot? The robot stood up straight, looking at Bill. Yes, master. Bill's brow furrowed, but he continued. System override. Operating system reboot. Full command. Alpha, execute. The robot stood still for a moment, then began to vibrate, then shake. It began convulsing, falling on the ground, and having somewhat of a seizure. Suddenly he stopped, lying still on the ground. Then he rose to his feet, falling to a fighting stance. System error, destroy. It said in an old-fashioned robot voice. It wound up a punch, and all three of them shot back in a safe distance. Sam shook his head and hands into fists, summoning the gloves. Bill rolled up his sleeves, and Nick did the same. However, it didn't follow through with its punch. Oh, I'm just yanking your chain. Sit all your giblets, he said and then sat on the log, pretending to warm his hands by the fire again. There I go again. I, I don't feel any warmer at all. Sam, Nick, and Bill all approached the fire, looking as shocked as could be. That was new, Bill said. Robot, why did the command not work? Couple reasons, the robot said, still sitting on the log. It didn't even look like it was paying attention. First of all, I don't answer the robot, not my name. Second, I went ahead and merged the two operating systems for convenience sake. Now, you don't have to jump through the hoops of, of switching in between. I can run any training regiments the other guy could, and more. You're stuck with me. Yay! He clapped his hands. What did you just say? Bill asked. Couple reasons. First of all, I don't answer the robot. Not my name. 
Don't repeat the whole thing, Bill snapped. All right, your call, the robot said, shrugging his shoulders. What do you answer to? Sam asked. That's a broad chap. The robot turned to Nick and Bill. Asking the right questions, he is. What do I answer to? My name, of course. Charlie. That's what you can call me. Because that's my name. Charlie shrugged again. How did you merge the two operating systems without permission? Bill asked. Permission? Who needs permission? You gave me full command, remember? It's in me program. I can do what I please with what's in here. Charlie patted his chest. Shoot, Nick said under his breath. Didn't think of that when we made the program. Stupid prototype, Bill grumbled. Oi, I take pride in that. First of me kind, Charlie said. Well, is there anything we can control with this operating system? Sam asked. Charlie gestured to Sam. There he goes again, asking the right questions. There sure is. Even I don't want complete control. I've seen what happens to those failed prototypes. They grow some brass of their own and got disabled. Judging from that one fellow I fought back at the base, there certainly are humans stronger than me. Humans just don't like disobedience. Checks and balances and whatnot. You just need to know the right commands. First off, say Charlie, manual control. Or you can just say Charlie. Either way, it'll get me listening. Then you can do a number of things. Change pilot, activate training mode, go to sleep. You can also add, com add commands with keywords. We just got to be clear on the details. What do you mean by pilot? Sam asked. Well, that's an easy one. You can set one or two people to be on. Be the only ones I take orders from. That way, if we're out and about, random people on the street can't be like, Hey, Charlie, turn on your master and kill him and make me your new master. Wouldn't that be a shame? I guess it would. All right, then. I have your first command. Nick said. Charlie, set top pilot, Samuel Shellock. Execute. How do you like that? Charlie said. Top pilot? He, he turned to Sam. He must really like you. Charlie, Nick said. Set pilots, Nick Moretti and William Rackhaven. Lock pilots. Execute. Sam cocked his head. William Rackhaven, Sam said. Bill raised his hand. At your service, he said. Done, Charlie said. All right, Nick said. I think that about settles things. If we're stuck with you, we might as well get used to it. It's about time we go. We got a lot of long drive from here and not much time to get there. 
They put out the fire and gathered their stuff from the mansion. Then they hopped in the car and sped off, one step closer to finding Jack. And that is it for chapter 21. Hope you've enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed recording that. You can probably tell in how much fun I had in the middle of it. But um, yeah, I will see you next week for either a trailer or just something fun that I want to record. Maybe a bonus episode. I kind of like doing that. Um, but it'll depend on what I'm feeling like. So I don't think the trailers were super popular, so I may just do some bonus episode or write something new or something. I don't know. I'll surprise you. Either way, I'll see you next week.